Welcome back to The Creatives, everybody. This is episode 18. You are listening to The Creatives Podcast, where we explore creativity through conversation. And today I am joined by Christopher Rusakis. Christopher is an artist, a photographer, creative director, and founder of Phantom Productions. Phantom Productions, from what I gather, is a Ottawa-based uh, video, photo, and animation studio. And we're gonna get all we're gonna get into that all today on uh, this episode. Um, before we begin, I'd like to thank Pano Media for sponsoring this podcast with all of these production tools. Pano Media is a video production service based in Ottawa, where they specialize in commercial drone real estate video production. And I'd also like to thank Midnight Hour Studios for uh, giving us this lovely space where we create this podcast. Uh, Midnight Hour Studios is giving you, the listener, 25% off your first booking. All the details of that will be down in the description box below. Uh, and without further ado, welcome, Chris. Yes, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah. I'll tell you a little bit about the, the show. Um, so the, the Creators Podcast was a side project. Decided to kind of endeavor. This is my third attempt at a podcast like in my lifetime. And What I, happened to the other two? It was, it was, <laughs> no one's ever asked that. Um, what happened to the other two? Without getting political, I guess, I mean, they just didn't work out because the efforts were not uh, matched, I guess, with the other people involved. There were multiple people involved. I think that's what was difficult about it. Oh, yeah. The conversations either got stale or the work was not evenly distributed and they kind of fell apart. And then also life happened and COVID happened. And here we are on the third attempt. Uh, this is the creatives. This is episode 18. So we're getting that's up awesome. There. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So it's I basically I wanted to establish this platform where people could talk about themselves, share their stories, share their work, share some insights. And it was not just for personal gain. It was also for the benefit of the creative community, because I mean, everyone is a you know, one mutual friend away from knowing each other. I'm sure you know like yep. 20 people that I know, but now we know each other. So um, essentially, yeah, I wanted to establish this sort of platform. Um, and I also wanted to network in the creative community while also challenging myself uh, with production, audio. And then also this uh, allowed me to have kind of a project that that I could work on with my team consistently that we could get creative with, that we can mess around with. And there was no rules. There was no like client, like breathing down your neck saying has to be done by this date. <laughs> There's a budget. It's like, it's just kind of free flow. You say whatever you want and you interview whoever you want. And there's no like <laughs> corporate sponsorship. I mean, in, technically there is corporate sponsorship, but that's not their interest. But that's, that's pretty much the creatives in a nutshell. I mean, it's, it's evolving, I guess. Yeah. It's always changing, um, but I'm, I'm grateful that you're here today. So thank Perfect. you for being here, Chris. Yep, I'm excited. Yeah, man, I'm pumped. So um, I want to dive into the origin story of Chris Rusakis. Yep. Chris is short for, is it Christophoros? Uh, Christophoros, Christophoros, if you want to go by the Greek name. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I, 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 you know, uh, I, I think the, the people that know me well in the city will laugh at that. Uh, it, it, there was a, a transition to using my Greek name recently um, in film. Okay. Um, I From just, just Chris to Chris. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm not that interesting, so I wanted to seem a little bit more interesting. So I went with Christophilos. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Christophilos, like with an L or R at the end? 
there if you want to get into like there's there's many ways to spell it but uh an r is usually okay yeah that's cool so so were you born in greece like how did you end up here no my my father immigrated to canada okay um over pier 21 which was uh, a main spot for immigrants in uh you know 1950s mm -hmm. in halifax and oddly enough my mom was living in Halifax at the time. They did not meet at that point in their lives. No way. Which would have been cool. Um, they must have passed each other on the street at least. You know, she was probably waving to the boat coming in and being like, welcome to Canada. <laughs> um, or at least I like to think it's that's the story. <laughs> that's a more fun story. Yeah. We'll start that story today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, uh, they both, you know, had no connection to Ottawa and ended up here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just life brought them here. And... Uh, they had me. I was it, born and raised here. In Ottawa? In Ottawa. That's awesome. Yeah. So you grew up here. Do you mind me asking how old were you? How old are you? When were you born? Yeah. Um, okay. We're doing math now. Uh, yeah. I am 34. Nice. Okay. And uh, yeah. Lived the, the 90s life in Ottawa. Grew up. Uh, what was that like? You know, Ottawa's changed a lot. And I think, uh, you know, if we're talking about creativity, it's, it's changed dramatically since I was a kid. Compared and to the 90s? Or yeah. Or just like early 2000s? Yeah, you like know, like area. even if we go back to the 2000s, like I, I I don't remember half of the stuff that we're doing now being a thing then. Like you know? this, podcasting? Podcasts weren't really that cool back then, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we didn't have Spotify and all that and YouTube. Uh, but uh, here we are. Yeah. I'm excited to see what, you know, the next 35 years look like in the city with creativity. Should be cool. Yeah. So were you immersed in that creative scene like at mm. the time and how, like what, what was it? Yeah. I mean, for me, I'll be very honest with you. The creative juices did not come from my parents. Um, they were big supporters of it, mm -hmm. but um, what took place was my cousin uh, who's still in Montreal, um, was, and still is a VFX specialist, worked with James Cameron on multiple projects, uh, wow. worked at Ubisoft on a couple big games and him and I always had a, a connection that was, you know, very fluid and strong with, mm -hmm. you know, creativity. And he, he was always the one that was like kind of pushing me to explore that. Okay. And, um, even to this day, you know, um, we're co-producing a, a documentary right now together. And, uh, you know, that probably wouldn't have happened if he didn't put his name on it. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I'm to give you the, the background of how creativity came into my system, it's really through my cousin, Dean Lewis. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And he, is he still doing VFX nowadays? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he does everything. Um, and he does it at a high level too. You mm -hmm. know, he's a, a trusted, you know, script writer. He, um, still does VFX, but, uh, I would say most of his stuff is getting projects off the ground and, you know, helping things get distributed and mm -hmm. yeah, that's epic. So now from, from what I gather, you are a director, you are, um, a photographer, I think, was that your first initial kind of start? Was because I've looked through your yeah. your portfolio. You have like endless images on Getty Images. Yeah. Like, okay. So, so like it, you cool want to pull, pull it back a bit? I'm um, just curious. Like, so, how did you get a camera in your hand? Like, what? Like, so what happened was uh, at the end of the day, um, and I remember this moment 
and we're getting pretty close to like anniversary dates here. Okay. Um, I was graduating high school. Nice. And I wanted an, a DSLR. And this is at the time where not a lot of people had DSLRs, right? Mm-hmm. And I really just wanted one because it looked cool. Like look cool in your hand? I was like, thought the, it looked- these look cool. <laughs> It, it looks like, you know, a, interesting reason, like something that someone would envy, yeah. you know, like a nice watch, you know, yeah, like yeah. I was just like, Ooh, that looks it's sick. Badass. I want yeah. that. And so I asked for one for my grad for high school and I got one, but I also was toying with the idea of going to Algonquin mm-hmm. and I knew my family desperately wanted me to go to university. So I, I did go to university and uh, I did a little bit of journalism. I did a little bit of um, film. Mm-hmm. But I was deeply involved with the student newspaper at Carleton University, the Charlatan. Shout out to the Charlatan, by the way. That's um, amazing. I went to Carleton too. So if I ever make millions and millions of dollars, I am going to give them a big check one day for the thanks of what they did for my career. But that's how it started. I walked in there one day and uh, I had got a new camera mm-hmm. that I had dropped a course in university and took that money no to way. buy that camera without telling your parents, without telling my parents, you took the refund. And yeah. Then, oh my yeah. God. And, um, basically I felt super guilty mm-hmm. about doing that. And I was saying this in a, in a first year seminar that I was taking with a bunch of people from a di- bunch of different courses. And someone in there was uh, a full-time journalism student and said, well, you should volunteer at the Charlatan. The next day I walked into the Charlatan and I was like, hey, uh, I have this camera. Do you think I could get a photo assignment like sometime this year? And they're like, here's a photo assignment. Can you get this done and bring it back to us tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And I was like, was this a good camera at the time? And I mean, was it was it a Rebel for XT. Someone? But it was rare at that time. Like it Nobody, wasn't common for people like, to yeah, have Like, yeah, it was right? not common for yeah. people to just have $1,500 cameras. You and know. phones were not. Phones did not have cameras. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shit. So, so, yeah, for them, to, you were just like this angel that walked in. Yeah. Like, yeah, I yeah. want to take photos for you. So, basically, they, they had given me that assignment. And um, I still look at that photo you know, every so often to just remind myself like how far we've come, um, you know, in the career and just as a creative. Um, but that was, that was it. It was a portrait of a professor in her office and, Mm -hmm. uh, she still works at Carleton. Um, when I was working for Carleton on freelance work, uh, I'd see her from time to time. She had no idea the story I told her it like 15 years later and she was like, Oh, I don't remember this at all. <laughs> um, which it was sad. I kind of was hoping for like the storybook ending where it was like, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. you. I always wondered what you were going to do in life now. Um, but, uh, that, that's how it started. And, and no joke by third year, I was failing out. And I remember it was a conscious decision just to enroll so I could work at the charlatan. I didn't give a shit about, you know, actually going to class. I just wanted to be able to work at the charlatan. Were you just not interested in school? Not interested in school whatsoever. Okay. Were your parents pissed about that? Well, this is, this is the, the turning point was, uh, in the winter of my third year, Mm -hmm. I remember vividly, um, being on the phone with my mom 
and I was on an OC transfer bus, crowded, coming from school to you know where I was living at the time, and um, she sensed something in me, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Are you happy?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" And she was like, "Like, do, do you really want to like be at Carlton?" And I was like, "Not really." And she was like, "Well, what's the plan?" And I was like, "Well, there's this." school in Belleville that does photojournalism mm-hmm. and she was like well you should apply and I had not thought about applying because I thought it would you know really disappoint my parents to leave Carlton and um the day after I applied and um, got in dropped out of Carlton mm-hmm. went to Loyalist College for photojournalism and uh dropped out of Loyalist College three months later uh, because I pursued freelancing in Toronto, which was, you know, going pretty well for me. Because mm-hmm. Loyalist is it's near Kingston, right? It's closer to Toronto. Yeah. So there's two photojournalism schools in Canada. Mm-hmm. And one is in Ontario, Loyalist College. And the other one is in Alberta, which is SAIT. Um, and uh, I knew I wasn't going to go to Alberta. So, uh, it, and Loyalist was almost like a rite of passage to get into the photojournalism industry, like every well-known photographer that was doing photojournalism came out of there. Really? Or, or at least, you know, I would say 75, 80%, you know? So, Mm -hmm. uh, it it was a dream to go. And when I got there, it was a little less of the dream. Uh, (laughs) Loyalist isn't exactly the most extravagant town. Oh man, like (laughs) I'll be honest. There was things that happened there that were just like surprising because it's a small town. Right. Yeah. And like there was even like racial stuff that happened that I was like, this is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. why am I here? <laughs> you know, it was 2009 that I was there and okay. we're still dealing with, you know, um, I, I'm not a, a Muslim, but there was a is Islamophobia that was taking place mm-hmm. towards me. Wow. Um, in that city. That's crazy. Yeah. So then, so then you just, left and did you move to toronto at the time i did i did i did move to toronto i leave i lived in a shithole basement apartment uh across from jack layton's house he was uh if you know who that is i actually i've heard the name but I'm, he he uh he was the leader of the ndp for a while okay. uh they call it the orange crush they were it was the year that they did um won a lot of seats in an election um but uh he was a cool guy and now his wife's running for mayor of toronto did you photograph him at the time? Um, I I don't think so. But it was it was just kind of cool that I was like living this across the street from this like big political name at the time. But yeah, in the worst situation, like I had raccoons that were like at my window every night fighting, and <laughs> um, raccoons are funny. It, I I was such a bad bad apartment. I but I guess everybody goes through that at some point in their life, right? Yeah, so. you got to go through those like. I guess the hard times because you, you don't you don't dream on a beach you dream in yeah. like the rough conditions. Yeah, I gotta ask like at that time, were you optimistic? Were you kind of like what the hell is going on? Yeah, what, am, what is my life like? Or did you know in your heart like you were gonna make it? Okay, so uh, super honest answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I have my own show that I kind of alluded to the um, this fact on. Um, briefly okay but you know Toronto's expensive and um I was getting work and I was getting opportunity Mm -hmm. but I wasn't making a ton of money okay and there was a moment where I was in that apartment super depressed and I was like if this is not gonna be my life I don't know if I can be here 
and I was like very much like, okay, do I end shit? Like, do I like, you know, get a nine to five? And no, I was like more like, oh wow, very like, like dark thoughts, you know, wow. like, and um, it was it was really difficult, mm-hmm. and literally, like within days of that happening, mm-hmm. this mentor of mine that worked in Ottawa at the Sun called me and was like can you come back here and cover my vacation for a month and I was like holy shit yes it was it was to be on Parliament Hill as a as a photographer That's so, so cool. it was a huge opportunity little did I know it was basically a job interview and uh, after the vacation he was like do you want to be you know our full-time guy and I was like yeah I'll move back so I moved back uh, shortly after moving to Toronto. It only lasted eight, eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a real time where it was like, fuck, man, like, I don't know if this is going to work out. Yeah. But you, 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 some, like something got you through it. And I mean, this call, maybe an angel, you know, like he, like w- that guy may have saved your life in a way. Yeah. By yeah. just giving, by, by taking a vacation, by choosing yeah, to take a vacation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and you know what? Um, We get a lot of interns Mm -hmm. and uh, we have a pretty young staff and it's, it's important for me to like, remember that moment often Yeah, that, you know, um, even, even just like thinking about how my staff is making ends meet and whatnot. Like we, we got to take care of each other in a way that, um, you know, we don't get into those situations. Mm-hmm. So I, I try as much as possible to remind myself of that when I see hard times within, you know, the young people that work for us or with us in internships. Yeah. I can imagine there's like endless people in those situations where they're in school and they're not happy and they just like, not sure what to do. I wonder yeah. like things are, I feel like now there's so many options that it's like a detriment to making decisions. Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, Instagram wasn't even a thing when I was in, in mm-hmm. college. Right. Um, Facebook had like kind of just started, um, when I got to university and I couldn't even imagine what the competitive nature, cause loyalist, there was people that were coming from high school and were just interested in photography mm-hmm. and we're just like, this makes sense. I'm going to yeah. go to this. And then there were people that were like, I want to be a photojournalist. I'm going to do everything I can to be a photojournalist. And that was a very select, you know, five people, I would say, right? And we still talk to this day. But out of that five people, if, if Instagram was going on, I imagine we would have been like, fuck, man, you only got like 65 likes on your photo <laughs> yesterday. You suck. Like, we would have been on each other. You I know, know what I mean? We love to quantify like success yeah. by like just some metric. Yeah. And like Instagram is just a magnified version. Of exactly. That. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, you know, speaking of which I, I recently kind of went in a different direction with my own personal Instagram where it was like, I'm just going to start showing the life of what this is that I'm in right now yeah. instead of the work that we've been producing. Cause that's what the, you know, Phantom Productions social account is for. So for the, fi- fa- the, the social accounts for like the finished piece and then yeah. yours is like the it's it's my life of navigating this this journey i love that that's kind of an approach that 
you know, I, I learned this approach from Gary V. I'm not sure if you're aware of him, but yeah, he's a public figure entrepreneur, but he always talked about how you should like document, don't create document. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to embody that approach when it comes to shooting like behind the scenes and like vlogs and just like telling the story and be like, this is what we're doing. We're making video. This is how we're kind of doing it. And yeah. it's just kind of like not polished. It's, it's a bit yeah. uh, messy and, and, but, but there is value in it. As, as, of like, course. Yeah. 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 So how's that going for you then being less curated and more like just, this is it. I actually, I really enjoy it. Um, because you know, I even got into this phase where it was like, you know, I, I have to post three photos from the day. So the tiles all look the same in a row. And, and now it's like, it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. And I'm so happy that I'm like done being like, okay, I have to have three images or I can't post. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like, all right, I got something. I'm going to throw it up. Yeah. And you're, I, I mean, every guest that comes on the show, I'll always do research just so it can get an understanding. Cause we've never really met before. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually, I wanted to tell the listeners, I don't, I know you through Spencer McPherson. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. This is how I know Chris. I usually let the listeners know. So uh, Spencer is a good friend of mine. Spencer, let's plug him right now. Spencer McPherson, point three D commercial imaging. <laughs> They're doing really cool stuff. Spencer was an early mentor of mine. Like he showed me how to run a business, and he was like, "This is how the books look. This is what you do. This is how you email." And then he he got me acquainted with like meetings and like setting. And I was fairly young at the time and mm-hmm. he continues to be uh just a, an amazing person and he offers opportunities and um he introduced me to chris or he he, he told you about the show and then yeah and then i reached out and here we are so thank you spencer yeah and i think that's why i most bonded with spencer was through the business aspect of it right mm-hmm. um you know we we've skipped a couple years here but you know now um I am the guy that kind of wears the suit and tie, you know, to, to things. Uh, I, I do have multiple personalities though, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I like, you know, feeling like the artist inside me and, Mm -hmm. you know, expressing that being an all black on a shoot and stuff like that. But you know, then I'm at some awards on the weekend wearing a tuxedo. Right. So it's very different from at least what I know a lot of other creatives are like in the city where Mm -hmm. it's, you know, all artists all the time. Yeah. Do you, um, do you like to like that, that free expression? Do you like, do you, um, incorporate that every day all the time or do you kind of retreat when you're not in the, in your, in your world of, of work? Like I said, you know, for me, uh, I like to play the part that I got to play that day. Mm-hmm. Um, today I had a couple of business meetings, so I needed to wear a suit and I was like, well, they're going to see it on a, on the show that everybody's been wearing t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. So I know, uh, guys like JVL and Remy might give me a hard time about this uh, For the after, suit? after I see, after they uh, see, uh, this episode, but, yeah. uh, or if they even watch the episode, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure I hope they do. Uh, if they do, hello, <laughs> thank you for watching. Um, yeah, that's, that's fine. I, I mean, creative, the, the creative realm is so, I always found myself like, this, this was an effort to like be more immersed in it. Yeah. Cause I always felt like an outsider in like everything in my life. Sure. I, I always felt like, um, no one understood, but the more I do these episodes and the more I speak to people, I realize like, you know, it's just, uh, it's just individuality. It's not necessarily disconnection from others. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, even for me, like 
I've always enjoyed fashion and style mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, um, you know, I have a massive shoe collection at home and, uh, what, what is massive? Like an entire room dedicated um, to shoes? You know, there, there's a lot, there's a lot. I, I won't give too much away. I don't want anybody breaking in. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, that's what happens when you, you know, you do work with guys like normal in mm-hmm. Ottawa, a uh, great shoe store. Um, you just, keep collecting yeah and you get deals and probably free stuff right <laughs> exactly i don't blame you honestly <laughs> if i got free shoes i'd be yeah. down yeah exactly so then um i kind of want to go back to so, so you got your start kind of at the sun yeah as a so, photojournalist. so photojournalism and, and and it was through reuters so if you don't know what reuters is it's an international news agency okay and uh um, are they based in ottawa though no they're or they work with the sun they're in like london england so this is cool. we're going back to toronto now okay um but if you were talking about getty images right and, yes and this is how you you're you're seeing stuff is Sometimes Reuters would push to the Getty wire is what it's called. And then um, images ended up there. But I also shot for AFP, which did the same thing. Stock images? No, it's like uh, you'd sh- you you would be tasked to go to like big news events like okay. uh, Formula One in Montreal. Cool. Um, you know, G20 summits with world leaders and whatnot. Uh, but because Getty is so big, they pull from other agencies Um, to put on their wire so that the images can get, you know, more exposure. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why you saw so much from there. Now the sun, the sun was, um, I think, you know, everybody knows the Ottawa sun and whatnot, but sun media is what owns those corporations. Um, it's kind of different now because it's all owned by post media, which was originally owned owning the Ottawa citizen, but the sun and the citizen are all owned by the same person now. Okay. So, uh, back when I was doing it, that was not the case. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I supplied all the across Canada, all the Vancouver sun, Edmonton sun, Calgary sun. Um, and then there was a couple papers in Quebec, uh, that they pulled from, but it, it was a fun job. Uh, it, and it, it ended at the perfect time. You know, I was laid off. I had an early start to this, right. You mm-hmm. know, I was in school at 17. So by the time I was 22, I was getting laid off by the sun, which was totally fine because I had so much ahead of me. Yeah. Uh, but when it happened, I was like, oh shit, like, what am I going to do? Like nobody's hiring photojournalists anymore. And that's when I transitioned to corporate and advertising photography. Mm-hmm. So it, everything happened for a reason. And, um, I'm glad it did because that led me into kind of what I do now is like knowing more about, you know, advertising and marketing. And, uh, as much as you gave me a beautiful intro, um, there's more to it. Um, Phantom Productions has a parent company, which I also am a partner in, mm-hmm. which is web marketers. Cool. And web marketers is an ad agency at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. We also have uh, atomic motion, which is a tech company, which specializes in the development of apps and um, more technology-based AI for marketing. So there's a lot of things that we were doing now that, you know, if had it, had the path been different, I don't know if I would have been successful in it, right? So, yeah. Um, but you had it right. I do lead Phantom Productions. Um, Is that your main That's my main focus. Consumer, yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, when it comes to creative within the company and within the agency, 
I do oversee that. Okay. So then do you, are you hands on with cameras or were you in the beginning? Like, no, no. (laughs) So, um, and, and I was kind of wondering if today was the day that I was going to say this, but I have recently retired from taking photos. Um, I, I'm not doing it anymore. Um, it's kind of weird to have the CEO or the, you know, chief creative director of a company come to your photo shoot when you've been talking to him the whole time. Um, and there's a team that could easily do it. Right. Yeah. So, um, I, I let the team do that stuff. Now I direct it. Um, you know, if a big ad comes up, uh, from a past client of mine, yeah, I might get out there, but, uh, it's been some time now that I've done an ad shoot. I think the last one was maybe October of last year. That was the last time you did a shoot. Yeah. And on the video side, um, you know, we, we shoot on the Aerie um, Mini. Uh, it's a complex camera. I know enough about it, but I'm never going to operate that camera. Yeah. That's not my thing. Um, we have many talented employees now that uh, can easily do that kind of work. And I rely on them to, you know, succeed in those areas of the what we need to get done. Right. Um, I'm there to simply, you know, take the vision and make sure that we execute on that vision. I love that. I mean, it's as someone who is an operator, but also developing a media production company and kind of growing a team. I do, I am still very hands-on, uh, but I do definitely envision that kind of like, like almost director role where, where you put it in the hands of trusted, uh, people. And, yeah. and let their skills shine. I mean, was that a hard decision to make or did you know you're like, I, I mean, well, two things. My, my business partner, uh, Kyle Smedziak will argue that I'm not retired probably. <laughs> um, but, uh, at the end of the day, I was having a conversation with my lower back and he was saying, you know, uh, <laughs> you should, you should give this, uh, you should give this up. Uh, we're, we're taking a lot of heat right now. So, you know, I decided with me and my lower back that it was for the best that uh, I stopped bringing these cameras out <laughs> everywhere because honestly, as you age, it, it, it gets worse. And I'm so thankful that we we have, you know, even these carts now, like these innovative carts that yeah. uh, you can throw all your gear on, you know, I'll help move that stuff for sure. But um, there's no way you're going to put a Ronin rs2 or a ronin 2 on my back yeah with a crazy one with a with a steady cam and all that like uh we just did a shoot last week where um one of our our camera operators Durov, uh had that on for probably eight hours wow you know i had to give him the day off the next day <laughs> and the guy's like 24 years old right so yeah um i could only imagine what it would have done to me if i had to do that it's it's like wrangling cameras is a I I exercise strictly so that I can like hold cameras sure like comfortably because I was told that your lower back is like one of your biggest assets and anything in the in the workflow that can help to you know save your back from from yeah. potential damage is is invaluable so yeah that's cool so um that's a that's an interesting story so now it's you kind of you're you're an entrepreneur. It seems, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you go by that necessarily definition, but multiple businesses and managing staff and all this, like, yeah, I'll be honest, you know, there, there was definitely a point in my life where I was like, 
how do I make the most amount of money? Mm-hmm. Um, because I never, and, and that started with photojournalism mm-hmm. and a lot of my f- still close friends, um, there was a point where they were like, dude, you're selling out. Like you're, you're chasing money. And I was like, fuck yeah, I am chasing the money. Like there's no way you're going to get me to work 10 hour days for, you know, five fifty a day or seven fifty a day. And, and at the end of the year, be taxed out my ass. You know, like I, I was not interested in that. I was interested in being the guy that, you know, hopefully one day has a Ferrari or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it was, you know, even as a kid, I, I did, I did like the idea of a businessman. Yeah. Um, that, that, uh, that lifestyle of, you know, suiting up, looking good and, you know, having nice things, you know, and, and, and there is areas to do that in this industry. And, and that's what I'm pursuing is, you know, a lifestyle that, you know, I don't have to really sit and be like, Oh shit. Like I better, I better like hunt down some more clients right now because I don't even know if I can pay rent this month or make my car payment or, mm-hmm. you know, feed my family or whatnot. Right. Yeah. So um, that's not what I wanted to be. I didn't want to be a starving artist and, uh, I've made definitely, definitely decisions in my life to, to make sure that wasn't the case. I like that. I feel like it's oftentimes seen as like taboo to say, like, I want to be wealthy. I want to have hundred percent money because it's always perceived as like a selfish thing. But and that's what I was saying to you earlier was mm-hmm. that I might say things today that pisses a couple people <laughs> off. And, and I'm sure, you know, a couple people might DM me after this and be like, dude, you sound like a, you know, an egotistical asshole. But at, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, we all have our own individual dreams and, and yeah. this is mine. Yeah. And I mean, it's a fine line to walk because you don't, you like, personally, I don't want to ever step on anyone. I sure. do have very, very high goals for myself and, and the things I've built. And I always want to enable new experiences and, and like cool opportunities for everyone around me. But, uh, I find when, when money is the only goal, it's like an empty one, because if you do yeah. reach those, yeah. as, as you may know, like once you, if you reach that target of, of, let's say you have a set amount of money, you get there and you're like, now what? Now what? I'm still the same person. Yeah. I still have the same. I still have thoughts. creative goals. hundred yeah. percent. You know, mm-hmm. um, Kyle and I, before we die, we have to have produced a Super Bowl advertisement, That's not for amazing. the Super Bowl, but just something that runs during the Super Bowl. Yeah. That is it's a cool goal. That is not something that can be negotiated right now. Like we are, we are moving in a direction and, and gaining new clients every day. You know, one of our business partners as of tomorrow is moving to Toronto to gain more work for, us and, 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 you know, Ottawa will be home base for sure, but, um, we're, we're trying to get bigger clients so that we can achieve that goal and, Absolutely. and, and we won't stop until we get there. Yeah, no, I respect that. It's cool. And it's, um, I mean, you got, you have to, you have to aim high. You, you can't just like aim low because other people might not be able to come with you. Like you, I, I mean, you got to always go for the top, right? Yeah. Cause then you kind of shoot for the stars, you fall down and you, whatever that saying is. We say (laughs) whenever, whenever we get a good deal or anything like that, we go to the moon. Mm -hmm. That's what we say. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's an interesting kind of, I feel like I've gotten to know you a bit. I hope the listeners have gotten to know you a little bit more. I want to get into um, what does, what does creativity mean to you as an individual, Mm -hmm. as a person? Oh God. Yeah. Can be, can be surface level, can be deep 
doesn't matter what it like when you when you hear creativity creative what is it what do you think of what do you feel i'm always i'm always drawn to the idea of trying new things right um Mm -hmm. and even it, it could be things that may have been produced by other people but it could be a new experience for you as a creative right okay um just for example you know we recently did a commercial where I was doing research for it and it was this big walk and talk with a CEO. And I was like, I could only find one other like thing close to it. And when I had the morning prep talk with the crew, I I turned to them and I was like, listen, we have the opportunity to do something for the first time because I can't find this anywhere online. And, And I truly believe that we could produce something today that some people might look at in years to come and be like, Oh, I want to replicate that. Okay. And for me, I think creativity stems from, you know, taking a jump into something new for you or, or something that you may have not done before, um, in the realm of artistic freedom. I like that. It's terrifying though. Sometimes that like leap into the unknown where there is no roadmap and you're literally just leaning on like, I think this is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, early on, the amount of times that I would sell myself on being able to do a certain thing <laughs> and getting that job and being like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I gotta do it. again, shout out to JBL. Uh, he was directly part of this. Um, there was I remember my first like advertising shoot. They signed off on the contract and I was like, shit, man, like, I don't know <laughs> how I'm going to get this done. And I hired JBL to be my assistant for the day. And I, I was like. Okay, I'm going to pay you a little bit more because I'm going to need some advice on this shoot, but mm-hmm. I don't want to look like an idiot. So if you can just like play it cool on the shoot, he was like, yeah, no worries. And I respected him so much for doing that for me because I think he knew that, you know, it was going to happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also just didn't want to see me fail or fall on my face too hard. Right. You know, um, and um, for me, if I wasn't so ambitious back then, who knows if we'd be here now? I keep saying that, but it's true. It is true, yeah. If you if you don't take those leaps of faith, like like you, you'll never know. Yeah, you'll never know exactly until you do it. That's uh, that's cool. Everyone everyone has a interesting meaning of creativity because it it means something slightly different in your everyone else everyone's life. So thank you. By for the way, this that. is JVL guys. This, this is, is this, this is, is him. <laughs> JVL's inside here. He's just in my. This is the first time we have a three-person thank podcast. You. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Justin. <laughs> oh man, um, Chris, what do you what do you do for fun? Like, I I wrote on this. I was writing my notes, and I was like, I wrote, "What do you do for work?" And then I was like, <laughs> "Why the fuck? <laughs> screw that?" I crossed it. Out. I wrote, "What do you do for fun?" So, what do you do for fun? Uh, I golf a lot. Nice. Um, in the summer, I golf a lot. Yeah, uh, I even golf alone a lot because. Mm-hmm. That lets me work through problems that are going on with projects or ideas that I need to brainstorm. Mm -hmm. Because you get into this zone where you're you're in nature, right? Right. Uh, But you're also doing a sport, so you you might be getting frustrated with the sport, but you can you can ground yourself again in in nature. You you let that kind of come back to you, and you're like, this is beautiful. I'm out here, you know, in the heat in this beautiful course, you know, like stop getting frustrated about that problem and open your mind, open that third eye that you have inside your mind and, and 
you know, I'm going to quote a song here, slip and slide, sip inside the third eye, you know, like, uh, you, you got to do that. You know, you, you really got to like find a task that is, is kind of, and, and a lot of people do this with exercise where, um, you know, it's such a, a repetitive task almost, but in that repetitive task, you're able to kind of like find this like other universe that you can, you know, focus on that at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. I like that. Yeah. I also play a game called Rocket League on. <laughs> that's on, a fun game. And, and I'm so addicted to this. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's bad. Uh, like before work, I'll play two games, get home from work, play two games, maybe cook some dinner, whatnot, and then come back to it for like an hour or two. And it's a children's game at the end of the day. I know there's a lot of adults that play it, but it, it's a children's game for sure. That's the one where you're, you're like playing... You're playing soccer, soccer with, with cars. cars. Yeah, okay. And you can fly through the air and hit the ball. <laughs> I was so bad at that game, but it was so fun. See, and, and that's just it. It's, like it's, it's such a difficult game in certain aspects of it that I just wanted to get good at it. And I met some other people that played it, and they kind of taught me the way. And I was like, ooh... This is dangerous. So yeah. I've been playing that for five years now. Now you, like, now you have like friends, you have all this community of people that you hang out yeah. with there. It's pretty crazy, the video game space. Like I have many friends who, who play video games and have, it's like a whole other world yeah. of interaction and, and community that you can be, that, that's built in yeah, this world. And now with the size that we have at the office, uh, we even have like a Discord uh, that we, everybody that games in the office, they're part of the Discord and it's like. That's fun. If you're at home and you're like, hey, I need an extra player on Call of Duty, you can throw it in there and sometimes we meet up. They play a lot of the, this game called Tarkov, though. Never heard of it. Yeah, I will not explore it because <laughs> I, can't, I can't have more games going on in my life. That's <laughs> for sure. not showing up to work yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris called it sick. Funny story. In college, there was this guy. <laughs> and There's this guy. I'm going to use his nickname. Magoo. Okay. Uh, and he, he almost failed his second year because uh, the new Call of Duty came out and he put so much time into it. And I remind myself of Magoo every time it gets too crazy. I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't be Magoo. I can't be Magoo. Yeah. <laughs> no Super Bowl commercial, but your yeah. level, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Rocket I'm, I'm triple gold, platinum, uh, diamond, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Become like a pro video game player that's even that's crazy like that can actually be a, a career of a, like pro video game player yeah yeah you know we even did uh some work with uh one league i think it was like two years ago now and you know just being immersed in that for even a day i was just like damn that's cool mm-hmm. i'm glad that's a thing yeah it's cool so chris why what, what keeps what keeps you coming back day after day year after year yeah why are you still doing this kind of work oh man um well, I think for me, you know, I'm always trying to grow what we're doing, right? And it, and it's it's great that we have, you know, commercial video animation and photo company. But um, where I'm trying to expand right now is Phantom um, Entertainment, okay. which is the documentaries that we're doing and um, the films that we're co-producing with other people. And that right now is a huge motivation for me. Um, you know, we had a, we still have a film right now, Nagano till now that's in a film circuit. Uh, you know, we were at South by Southwest in, in two weeks, I'll be in New York for the Brooklyn International Film Festival. That's cool. Airing uh, that film. The- yeah. Yeah. We're up, uh, we're a semifinalist for a couple of awards right now in Brooklyn. Sweet. Um, so, you know, 
hopefully things go well there. And uh, you, film, like the film circuit, uh, film festival circuit runs pretty much year round. There's film festivals all the time, right? So there's like 11 other film festivals that we're waiting to hear back from. And that happens like every couple of weeks, like there's dates that are mm-hmm. allotted to that, right? So, you know, I was, I was looking at it and I was just like, dude, I could be traveling for the rest of the year almost having to go to all these if we get into them, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I love traveling. I love traveling for work. Um, I love meeting new people, especially in the States. You know, you go there and you're the Canadian. They like to joke around with you that you brought the cold or whatever. And You're from where? <laughs> Ottawa? What's yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, there's been some offers recently that almost took me to L.A. And, and it's a real possibility that within a few years, uh, I'm running an office out of L.A. for Phantom. And, you know, it's amazing. We have someone here doing, you know, what is our day to day for the commercial side of things. Right. So um, I see the next 10 years being super crucial to my career. Um as much as the the first half has been, you know, a fun ride, you know, I really do believe the next 10 years are going to be even crazier for me in terms of what we're doing. We have another documentary right now that uh, we just got a distributor for. Um, It's called The Program, and it's about Carleton University's basketball team and Dave Smart specifically, the head coach. And, um, you know, there's really high hopes for this and there's, uh, a, a very, very healthy budget that we've been given for it. Right. So, um, we're going through the motions on that right now. And I, you know, with the, as much success as we have had with Nagano till now, I see this next one being even bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, you take all the lessons learned from that one, right? Yeah. Apply I them. Mean, I mean, we didn't have a distributor uh, signed on to Nagano till now. And uh, basically what happened was, again, it was it was a bit of a little surprise. But my cousin there, Dean, um, when we started getting the success with it, I sent him the bio about it. And he was like, what the hell is this? It's <laughs> like, yeah, uh, this has happened. And I didn't tell you anything about it because I didn't. You know, I just wanted to surprise you. Yeah. And he was like, this is amazing. I'm super proud of you. And to hear that from him was a huge moment for me. And when I told him about the next idea, he was like, okay, I'm going to co-produce this with you. And we're going to get a distributor. We're going to have as many eyes on this as possible. And I'll navigate for you, you know, the process of working with Telefilm Canada and all that and getting your money and whatnot and it's a very different way to go about things than our first one which was self-funded um you know we probably put in about twenty five thousand dollars into that first one but now you're talking about you know six digits Mm -hmm. that's attached to this next film that's cool yeah i can't wait for that and uh will you share about that on like your instagram and stuff like will you yeah yeah you know uh, we we did start filming certain aspects just to um gain interest okay um, and I'm super glad that we did because Carlton won another championship this year. Nice. And we were there for all of it to get some footage for the movie. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, you, you kind of, when you go to these, uh, like Bell media or whatnot, um, mm. you kind of got to give them a taste of what to expect. They're not just going to hand you $300,000 and be like, Hey, <laughs> hope uh, it works out. <laughs> hope it works out. You know? Um, so 
so we shot we we self-funded probably about 10k of the uh last half of the season for mm-hmm. the team um we had a team out in halifax for them winning the championship which just kind of plays into the narrative like again it's not about basketball and the team playing basketball it's more about this coach that created champions on the court but also in life because a lot of these men have gone on to be highly successful in euro league or even in the businesses that they're working at now they have high level positions or they've been entrepreneurs and had success so you can definitely see that narrative throughout the whole thing and and that's what we're exploring is how did this program give a mentality of championships and and being a championship being a champion that sounds really interesting yeah so it's kind of about the coaches and the coach and his style right yeah like he's he's a crazy dude like uh and he'll admit that you know um and i don't think he would have a problem with me saying that at the end of the day like i mean he got he has results right it's not crazy for no reason yeah seven it's it's the greatest Canadian it's even worldwide it's the greatest dynasty that not a lot of people know about wow winners of 17 of the last 20 championships in this country like you for university basketball for university basketball that's amazing yeah that sounds really cool. even when we talked to telefilm they're like and what school was this again and I was like oh my god Carlton yeah Ottawa's always under the radar for everything yeah 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 yeah, yeah. in all my travels I'm like yeah I'm from Ottawa they're like well, what what's that like, I'm like Canada, like, oh, Toronto, Montreal, always. It's so time to put Ottawa on the map. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I'll be honest, like things, the, there's doors that will open for you um, if you know the right people. And I, I'm, I'm lucky that my business partner mm-hmm. played five years for Carlton U Basketball. Right. Um, so Dave, the coach, uh, uh, Dave Smart, mm. uh, had that, feel of trust with us there wasn't there's not a lot of media interviews that he does because he he never wants the distraction of it so that's why it's kind of an untold story at this point right and you know without kyle being part of this project i don't know if it would have happened so you know uh, we have to count our blessings that's cool yeah well i i wish you all the best moving forward yeah um and you know now that you're not that you're at a turning point but you're kind of at a a stage in your life where you have a 10 year plan. What, what is, if you could go back to a point in time and tell your past self something mm. like, what would you do? Or oh what would God. you tell yourself? Um, I, I definitely wouldn't have bought that first Audi car that I, <laughs> that I bought, <laughs> but the second one was good, but the first one was bad. Uh, um, every Audi I owner. wouldn't, I, I, I probably would have said, Hey, don't marry that first girl either. Um, cause <laughs> that was problems as well. Um, but career wise, um, I, I, that's tough, you know, because I, I look back at this and everything was a stepping stone and, you know, it, had I gone to Algonquin instead of going to Carleton, I, I wouldn't have probably had the same life. Mm-hmm. It, it would have been, you know commercial advertising photography from the start, which plays into the fact that I know how to tell stories from pictures and moving pictures. Now, you know, photojournalism really teaches you that. So, um, I wouldn't have changed the path. It would have been, you know, more personal life things that I would have changed. 
one other thing is I would have trained my dog that I have now because he's a <laughs> psychopath and I, I know a lot of people know him. Uh, shout out Ben Ben. You're my best friend. But he he's but he's, he's crazy. a crazy, crazy dog. Yeah. Always getting into trouble. He's twelve years old now and he's still causing messes every day. So uh, I definitely would have tra- trained Ben Ben, not gotten married, and not bought that first Audi. <laughs> That's so funny. So, so now knowing this, is there any message you would leave to 10 years from now, Chris, future Chris? You know, uh, I, I know right now um, the hard thing for me is, especially when I go to the States, is, um, you know, navigating that feeling inside where it's like okay Mm -hmm. i'm from a small town you know ottawa yeah sure we got a million people but we are a small town when you're going to la and new york city Mm -hmm. and as much as you know ego and confidence play a very you know parallel line that you have to navigate um just rely on your confidence that you have Mm -hmm. um as a as a creative i like that rely on the confidence that 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 confidence needs to be kind of curated and built i find as someone who is still (laughs) yeah we're losing we're we're gaining light we're gaining light the freaking cover nobody can see this but uh, (laughs) the cover on the door just fell off the exposure probably changed ryan's gonna hate me yeah where's the pa on this set uh to to deal with this yeah we fired them all just kidding they were never (laughs) we never hired them one day we'll have a full crew we'll have 10 people behind the camera of the creators podcast yeah for sure for sure that'd be crazy that's um that's interesting i I do appreciate you sharing your perspective and stories and kind of insight into your world because from what i gathered like for someone who doesn't know you it's kind of hard to get to know you based on how you exist on the internet because like you don't really have a whole lot of information about Chris on the internet. No, there's a lot of the work you do. Um, but I, I do appreciate you. So thank you. for Yeah. I'm a mysterious guy, you know, mysterious guy. Never like this might be the only time I ever speak to you. (laughs) Hopefully not because you're cool dude. But, um, do you have any advice for aspiring creatives, photojournalists, just people yeah, um, and, and this is this is something that I get asked a lot, so I do have an answer Perfect, for you. Perfect, I love that. Um, and, and I and I go back to the early stages, especially when I was at Loyalist. Um, like I said, there was there was really five of us that took that program seriously, and and one thing that we all did religiously was look at as many photos as possible in a day. And, and that's where Instagram, I remember when it came out and people started posting work, I was like, holy shit, this is fucking amazing because all I want to take in is other people's content and, and be like, that's a great idea. I need to push myself harder. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly what it is, is when I look at great work, it motivates me to do better work, right? And I think you need to consume as much content as possible. If you're in video, watch as, mo- watch as many movies as possible or watch as many documentaries as possible so that you can be like, get, get ideas from it, but also use it as motivation, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, even now, like, there's three disciplines that we have within our company and, and it's photo, video, and animation. I, I'm even doing this with animation now, you know, Three years ago, I didn't know any animation studios in Canada. Animation 
is something that we had to offer because mm-hmm. it made sense. I, I I remember like going through the motions of writing our first script and 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 trying to communicate to an animator how I wanted it to look, and it, you know how I got there was looking at other people's work mm-hmm. so that I could pull examples and be like, here's how I want it to come together, and and you can do that for yourself too. You can you can put a mood board together for yourself and be like go into a shoot and be like, this is the light that I want. This is the wardrobe that I think we should have. And this is how I'm going to execute on getting the look and feel that I think would make this a successful shoot. Mm -hmm. And that is Instagram. That is, you know, YouTube and, you know, any streaming platform right now I use as motivation to create better work or more engaging work for our clients or even for ourselves. That's cool. I mean, what what I find difficult about that is getting lost in the consumption. Oh, yeah. Like so much to the point where you're like, all you're doing is consuming. That's all I do, man. <laughs> but then how, but then <laughs> you ask t- anybody, I'm on Instagram. Like there's people in my life that will be like, dude, you need to relax on Instagram. You know, like I always see the green dot. Like it, you're always online. Yeah. And it, it's come to a point even with memes is where, you know, people will send me memes. And I'm just like, eh, old, seen it, old, seen it. Yeah. And people hate that about me. It's like, you know, I take it in so quick mm-hmm. that any free second, I'm just like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I'm just like, Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. That's like mental notes. Like try yeah. this. I, I arc, mm-hmm. not the archive, but the save, save button. Yeah. And I come back to them when we have shoots and it's like, you know, especially when you have those very creative shoots where it's like, yo, these guys in New York or LA or London or whatever, like they are killing it. Like we need to incorporate these aspects to our work. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I mean, as, as someone who is a creator and a consumer of digital, I find it's uh there's diminishing marginal returns to consumption. So if I consume oh, yeah. too much, I then I'm like, that well, was like a problem I had early on. I was like watching all these videos, how, how to videos, tutorials, yeah, this, that. That's and tough. then, that's and then tough. it's like, and I'm like, wait, I haven't made anything, but I know how in theory. But then I, then I was like, screw this threw that all aside. Well, and you I have to have had the this, execution. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, what I will say is when I was in college, uh, Instagram wasn't a thing, right? So for us, it was it was this site called, well, the Boston Globe, which is a newspaper. Mm-hmm. But they had this thing called the Boston Globe Big Picture, which was, they had something like five photo editors at that time. This is not a thing anymore because, you know, journalism is not profitable. Um, so what it was was curated galleries, like, and you'd probably get five new galleries a day. And it was width to width of the, of the web page that they would put these. Right. And, uh, they would do end of the week. Hmm. Like, you know, last night there was the end of the heat Celtics, uh, Eastern conference final. They would have done an Eastern conference final, you know, curated gallery with like 50 photos. And it's just like beautiful images that you're looking at. And you're like, Oh my God, like I need to figure out how to do that. And, you know, I was lucky enough to have a photo in a gallery once there. And it was, uh, 
it was a, a sticking point for people when we were in college because I was in college when I got a photo into there because uh, I had shot it for Reuters and uh, it was it was like the crowning moment in that phase of my life where I was like, wow, I have a photo in Boston Globe big picture. Like, this is amazing. But that is what I looked at day after day after day mm-hmm. to motivate myself to try new angles, um, think of different techniques, you know, slow, slow shutter, faster shutter, um, wider aperture, you know, whatnot. It, it all stemmed from looking at as many images as possible. I like that. I think, I think you are unique in that sense because yeah, maybe I don't, I don't see mass consumption of, uh, social media, digital content to be constructive for many people. Possibly. Um, I mean, most people, I'm a different breed, man. You, you are, you definitely are a different breed because you take that, you retain it, you make notes, but I find the consumption like myself, maybe a, a detriment to creativity mm. and execution because you're like, Oh, what's the point? 30 million people have done this already, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but it takes a, a, a unique person to go, okay, th- this many people have done it, but they haven't done it like this. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's just, I think it's the thing for me, it's something to tread carefully and it's something it, the, the relationship with social media has been so weird over the last couple of years for me. Cause I'm like, like I like using it. I like communicating. I like community. And, and then it's like, I, next second I'm like, delete the app off my phone. Like, oh wow. Get off my phone. I'm like, like not, not that, uh, drastic, yeah, I mean, but like, I'm just like, this is going nowhere. I need to focus on what's in front of me. I think how I, I look at it now is it's yeah. very much my pre-production research start part of that phase. Okay. It's part of that phase for me. It's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Rather than it's enter- it's not entertainment necessarily. Like it is, but Yeah, I'll be honest. Like when we started this basketball documentary, I went mm-hmm. out and watched pretty much every basketball documentary I could find. Cool. And I just wanted to look at it and you know, I was thinking about center court interviews in a gym and I was like, Okay, take mental note of every documentary that you've seen of center court gym shot mm-hmm. and break down how they did the lighting for it. And, you know, I reverse engineered, okay, they had, you know, a key light there and whatnot. And yeah, that's, that's how I do it. I like it. Yeah. Well, so I just, basically what I'm saying is I steal work from everybody <laughs> that I find and I just copy everybody and that's how I got here. That's exactly it. And show now. Now I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> just cut to black. That's the end of the show. No, that's interesting, Chris. And, um, I mean, it's cool to get to know you more than just the, you know, internet presence and business person that yeah, you are. Yeah. Uh, so thank you. Uh, no and worries. to kind of wrap it up, I've got a couple of fun questions yeah. to ask. Yeah. 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 Just, you know, it's, uh, just, it's red underwear today. Red yeah. underwear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is there, is it just cause it's <laughs> I'm what, joking. what day of the week is it? <laughs> it's Wednesday, Tuesday. I lost track. Um, it's not snowing though. Cause oh, historically yeah. every episode we've done has been snowing. Not every really. Episode. This was started late. Of well, Chris Snow was here, so it's technically snowing. Uh, Chris Snow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, two Chris's in a row. <laughs> yeah, there's Chris Snow. No, Chris. It's a bit of a crisscross right now. <laughs> That's, we're just going to end the episode right there. Um, All right, give me these fun ones. Chris, sunrise or sunset? <laughs> Shit. Just, you have to pick one. Um, like, well, a- here's what I'll say is I hate when I go out too long at night with my friends mm-hmm. and I'm seeing the sunset. That sucks. Sunrise you mean? Oh, sorry. Yeah. The sunrise. And yeah, it always bugged me. I was like, oh my God, I stayed up way too late. Uh, so I would say, you know, 
sundown sundown is uh it's it's more of like a you you can get different colors out of that right mm-hmm. it can it can depending if you're near water too you can get some really crazy colors so i think i'm yeah definitely a sundown guy cool um you're you're going to battle what camera tool are you taking as a weapon like i gotta i gotta i gotta kill someone with it or? like you're going to battle and like if you you gotta protect yourself and and you gotta fight like. uh probably like an airy orbiter just because <laughs> like it would smash someone's head <laughs> just throw it at them yeah i literally rented one of those for a project last week i got to the rental house i'm like this is not gonna fit in my car i'd never seen it before oh yeah it's a big piece <laughs> it's freaking enormous yeah, 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 yeah. cool light. And there's bigger ones too. yeah um if you had to pick one lens forever oh yeah one focal length this is easy it's a 51 too nice yeah it doesn't matter who makes it just a a 50 mil 1.2 that's a good choice yeah that's a very general purpose lens yes um i know a lot of people like the 35 but i i always 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 stocked myself with a very you know polished new as possible like even i i would I've gone through more fifties in my life than any other lens. That's for sure. Like, like you break them? Or, no, I or just mean just... like when I felt that they were getting soft, I would move on from them and get really? a, I'd get a brand new one. Interesting. Yeah, I love fifties. Like for for photography and yeah, and and even now, like I still, you know, I'm I'm still taking photos, mm-hmm. not for clients though, right? And I still I I bought a uh, a Sony G Master fifty one two um at the start of this year and uh i love that lens a lot Mm -hmm. yeah it's a really nice lens um super crisp good focal length so 50 yeah Yeah. you're stuck with 50 forever yeah um and our last question (laughs) this is a random amount Uh but if you were given nine hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars like right now, I just yep. handed it to you. You have to spend it today. It's yep. 4 p.m. You have to spend it before midnight or, I you, got my answer, don't or you lose it all. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? I would invest in Ottawa's soundstage. I, I really want to see that that happens. Um, and that kind of, you know, is a broad thing to say. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm invested in bringing as much to this city as possible. And even if I end up in L.A., um, I will never forget that Ottawa is home for me. Mm-hmm. And I do want to see the success of this city, especially in the entertainment video side of it, uh, succeed. And uh, recently, a lot of us have been talking about how to get that soundstage here. And it is going to take a pile of cash. So I would definitely put that money into investing into nice. the soundstage. Well, I got good Ottawa. news for you. I have it right now. Yeah, bring imagine, it out of your pocket. Imagine. So wait, a sound is this <laughs> Ant-Man? Are we in Ant-Man right now? <laughs> Just to clarify, a soundstage is like a movie studio, right? Yeah. Uh, so we there was a Triborough Tri- Studios was going to open a, a three-stage uh, not far from here mm-hmm. with film offices. Um, sadly... The main financial backer of that uh, died during COVID, of COVID. Oh, that sucks. And uh, he was a fellow Greek as well. I didn't know the guy, but Mm -hmm. uh, um, the deal fell apart when that happened. And, um, you know, thankfully right now we have a new head of the film office in Ottawa, a lovely lady that came from Paris 
And her main goal, too, is to get a soundstage in this city because we all know that once you have a soundstage, it's like Field of Dreams, if you know that movie, uh, build it and they will come, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, if if Ottawa had a soundstage, we're going to have more unionized work starting in here from Netflix, Amazon, and whatnot. And that's just going to drive the talent pool of this city. And, you know, we were even talking about this in, in a staff meeting today where um, we're, we're thinking of getting one of our guys trained on the airy, um, oh, why am I blinking now? The steady cam thing. Why am I blinking? It's, the, uh, the film cam or the one that shoots on, you know, you know, film. the steady cam for made by airy. Why am I blinking? This is so the Trinity Trinity. Yeah. Oh my God. So, uh, yeah, we were thinking about getting one of our guys certified for a Trinity operator because, um, at the end of the day, you can bill out a Trinity operator for 5k a day. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, we'll do that if a soundstage is here because it's going to be needed. And it's just like more of that is going to take place in the city as soon as that location makes itself available in the, in Ottawa. That's cool. I yeah. look forward to that day. Yeah, it's I, gonna be sick. I do have big. I I do have a I high hopes for Ottawa. I think we're on a really cool trajectory, yeah. and it's a really awesome time to be establishing oneself yeah. in the city. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's even people that are talking right now about getting investors to um, get the virtual production wall, like they use in Mandalorian. Like, mm -hmm. there's some there's some serious conversations in the city right now. Mm -hmm. about getting that money so you know things are coming and that's why i said you know early on in this podcast like i very much look forward to seeing what 35 years from now in the creative space in ottawa looks like yeah well you'll have a pristine lower back because yeah because you're retired touching kids yeah or it's it's ruined because i'm picking up my dog too much from getting the shit but we'll see if he lives another 35 years i mean that's Incredible. Oh, I hope he does. I'm going to like duplicate his chromosomes soon and make sure he lives forever. <laughs> then you just have like messes I hate in your him, but I love him. For the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Shout That's out awesome. Ben Ben. Fucking love Shout you. Shout out Ben Ben. We should have brought him. Well, thank you for joining us today. Chris, thanks for, yeah, thanks thank for your time. You. Thanks for being here. I had a, a great time chatting with you, even though our light may have changed if you're watching this on video. Oh yeah, true. I need to get better at taping up this piece of... Uh, just it's covering okay. a door. It's a giant, giant glass yeah. door. Yeah. I mean, I put my makeup on before we started, so it shouldn't affect me too much. But yeah. Maybe you. I don't know. It's all good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. Chris, thanks for being here. No worries, my man. Thank you to our editor, Ryan, uh, for putting in hard work behind the scenes to get these episodes out. Uh, thank you, Midnight Hour Studios, for sponsoring this podcast. And thank you to Panel Media for also sponsoring this podcast. Uh, this has been The Creatives episode 18, uh, and we'll see you on the next episode.